Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 13 of Genesis chapter 7, and we're going to be reading verse 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. Now, we see that God is being very detailed in giving us this information. He tells us the exact year of Noah's life. He tells us the month and the day so that we can know exactly uh, all that information concerning when the flood began. And it's all important information because... One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And by the information or knowledge that it's the 600th year of Noah's life, we know it's the year 4990 B.C., and and that is our beginning point for the 7,000-year period, and uh, which takes us to 2011. And then with the information regarding the month and the day, 17th day of the second month. It also serves to pinpoint the beginning of the day of judgment as May 21, 2011 had the Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. So, which is incredible to have all three significant bits of information, the year, the month, and the day, all come together and and connect with the date of May 21, 2011. Uh, you know, you can read other accounts in the Bible wherein God is bringing a judgment and, and the Lord does not give uh, that much detailed information. For instance, if you read Genesis 19, with the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, we, we don't read it was such and such year and month and day, just, just that Sodom was destroyed. And so it's not always the case that God goes into this sort of detail, yet he did in, in this instance because everything was used, everything came together to provide that strong confirmation regarding that date that would begin the final judgment of the inhabitants of the earth. Well, alright, let's go on here in verse 11. After telling us it was the 600th year of Noah, second month, 17th day of the month, it says, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up 
and the windows of heaven were open. And we're going to try and understand this by looking at the words, by following the words that are used here. For instance, the word fountains, the Hebrew word translated as fountains is 4599, and it has to do with underground water. For instance, in Joshua 18, verse 15, it says, And the south quarter was from the end of kerjath Jerum, and the border went out on the west, and went out to the well of waters of Nephtoah. The word well is the same word translated as fountain. In Second Chronicles 32, it says in verse 4, So there was gathered much people together who stopped all the fountains and the brook that ran through the midst of the land. And really, they, they stopped the wells of water. But again, it's called a fountain. In Psalm 104, Psalm 104, beginning in verse 10, he sendeth the springs into the valleys, which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. The English word springs is the word fountain or well. And, and so God sends fountains into the valleys, which run among the hills. And we know that there's underground water especially in hilly region. The the water lands on the hillside, seeps into the ground, and and begins to flow down underground into the valley. So that, that gives us a very good idea of what God means when he says that all the fountains of the great deep broke up. That is, the, the water that was under the ground. Now, in Isaiah chapter 12, the same word fountain is used in verse 3. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. The wells of salvation, of course, have, have to do or identify with the word of God as the word of God is likened to water. And God typifies the sending forth of the gospel through rain, early rain, latter rain. Well, what happens once the rain falls? The rain lands upon the ground, and if it's on hills, it seeps into the hills and becomes underground springs. And and it goes into the ground, into wells of water. And so God relates that to salvation because the word of God brings salvation in its proper time and season. The early rain produced the first fruits. The latter rain brought in the great multitude at the end of the great tribulation period. Now, also in Isaiah, in Isaiah 41, and in verses 17 and 18, it says, When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, 
and their tongue faileth for thirst. I, Jehovah, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Again, language of salvation. The word of God that falls or comes down from above pictures those that are spiritually athirst receiving drink. Remember what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning in verse 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. Rain, dew, showers, all uh, likened to God's speech, which is that which comes out of his mouth, his word, and to his doctrine, the teaching of the Bible. This, again, uh, pictures the word of God, all these various forms of water, the streams and springs and dew and rain. And in the day of salvation, it was a good thing. It was a blessing. And the water flowed forth in desolate lands, in in dry and thirsty lands, and brought salvation. But in the day of judgment, it's still the water coming down from above. And that's why For instance, in the next verse of Genesis 7, verse 12, it says, And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. The water came down from above, but the season has turned. It it was the latter rain from September 7th, 1994, through May 21, 2011. And, And then the rain stopped. The latter rain completed it produced the harvest of the great multitude god's word accomplished its purpose and then came the wrath of god the judgment of god on the people of the world and how does god bring judgment the same way he brought salvation through his word the the word of god is likened to fire and brimstone in isaiah chapter 30 it's it's the word falling from above now without salvation without the working of the spirit of god to bless that word upon the hearts of men because that whole task is done with it's it's finished all whose names were recorded in the lamb's book of life to become saved have been saved and and so The Spirit is no longer operating to create new hearts and and make people born again uh, to forgive sins. But now the Word is bringing, exclusively bringing judgment upon the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Yet it's still rain coming down from above. It's still waters. The waters 
that once formed the wells of salvation, draw water, as Isaiah 12.3 said, out of the well of salvation, the, the faithful doctrines that the Bible had established over centuries, the Bibles that were in the pulpits or in people's homes, all of the sources of water where for almost 2,000 years since the cross or well, actually, we, we had 1,955 years of the church age where people could hear the gospel within the churches. Then the church age came to an end. And then for a short season of about 17 years, the latter reign, God was working mightily, saving a great many people of the nations of the world outside of the churches and congregations. And the word of God was going forth, and and all sources of water, all the scriptures that were sent out, personal Bibles or tracts that people had, or or ministries that they could tune to on the internet or on radio. However, they were drawing the water, it, and in the day of salvation, it could be that they were drawing water unto salvation, yet the moment God shut the door of heaven, the well of water was no longer a well of salvation, but it became a fountain of wrath, a fountain, a source of judgment. As it says uh, again here in Genesis 7, in verse 11, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up. That indicates that there was a change made to these waters, that, that God has altered them, and now they are going to um, no longer bring comfort and uh, salvation. They no longer carry grace and mercy. Now, they are waters of judgment. They, the waters from um, the fountains of the great deep, will join together with the rain falling from above. And they will combine and, and gather and rise until the whole earth is under water. The whole earth is covered by the judgment of God That is, all the scriptures in all the world, all the Bibles, all the literature, everything that is um, from the word of God that previously could have brought salvation, if someone were one of God's elect, all sources of the gospel have now come together to testify and witness against the unsaved and to bring the wrath of God down upon them to drown them in the fury of God's anger. The the word great deep or this idea of great deep is seen in Psalm 36. Psalm 36 verse 6 says, Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments 
are a great deep, O Jehovah. Thou preservest man and beast. God's judgments are a great deep. And, and remember, um, with Psalm 119, there are several words used that are all synonymous to describe the Word of God. They're statutes, commandments, word, and judgments. Judgments relate to the Word of God. God's Word is like a great deep. So we have a second verification that the judgment that God is focused on, that he wants to tell us about concerning the flood, has to do with his word. It's an emphasis upon the Bible bringing the judgment. Just as we saw that the inhabitants of the ark were saved by water. It tells us in 1 Peter 3, verse uh, 20, I think. And, and why does it say that? Because the water relates to the word of God. And the word of God saves the elect, judges all the rest. And, and so the fountains of the great deep are broken up. And both fountains or wells and the great deep relate to and identify with the scriptures. Now, I I mentioned it earlier, but let me turn there now in Isaiah chapter 30. And in the last verse of the chapter, verse 33, it says, For Tophet is ordained of old, yea, for the king it is prepared, he has made it deep and large. The pile thereof is fire and much wood. The breath of Jehovah like a stream of brimstone doth kindle it. The breath of Jehovah. All scripture is God breathed. The, the whole Bible is, um, is tied to the breath of the Lord. And God's breath, His word, is like a stream of brimstone. And, and that's another figure that the Lord ties with the day of judgment, fire and brimstone. It, it, it is connected to the Bible. And, and mankind does not have to understand this. The churches do not have to understand this. But according to God, when he brought judgment on the 17th day of the second Hebrew month of the biblical calendar, which in the Gregorian calendar was May 21, 2011, at the point of 7,000 years, or yet seven days since the flood. At that point, God turned the waters of his word into fiery wrath. And, and all the scriptures now testify against the inhabitants of the earth. All the Bible is proclaiming. The, the whole Bible is declaring that the world is under the wrath of God. And so that's why we're seeing this language. And it goes on to say, in the last half of verse 11 of Genesis 7, And the windows of heaven were opened. 
Now again, the, the, the reference to the windows of heaven relates to the word of God. Historically here, the windows of heaven were open and the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So the imagery is as though heaven itself opened up and rain came down. And that very accurately describes how the scripture comes to the world, comes to, to the earth. It comes down from heaven above. In Malachi chapter 3, Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, it says in verse 10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith Jehovah of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And again, here the Lord is making reference to rain, because rain is what provides the blessing for the crops and and the fruit that comes as a result so that people can eat and live. And And so... This ties in with the early rain, the latter rain, the showers of blessing, the word of God comes forth from the windows in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 24, and Isaiah 24 is a chapter that is devoted, given over to judgment day. It, in verse after verse, it describes the final judgment of the world. It says in verse 17 of Isaiah 24, Fear and the pit and the snare are upon thee, O inhabitant of the earth. And shall come to pass that he who fleeth from the noise of the fear shall fall into the pit. And he that cometh up out of the midst of the pit shall be taken in the snare. For the windows from on high are open. And the foundations of the earth do shake. The earth is utterly broken down. The earth is clean dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. In verse 18, God speaks of the uh, fear pit and a snare upon the inhabitants of the earth. And then he, he mentions the windows on high are open. But it's obvious from the context in Isaiah 24, it is not um, raining down good things, but what is pouring down is just awful wrath. It, it is the fierce anger of Jehovah that is coming down from above. That's why the next verse says, The earth is utterly broken, broken down, the earth is clean, dissolved. The earth is moved exceedingly. Now, there is an interesting tie-in with the flood with the uh, last statement of verse 19 of Isaiah 24. Well, so too is verse 18 connected to the flood account. As Genesis 7-11 tells us that God opened up the windows of heaven. Isaiah 24, 18 says the windows from on high are open. And then verse 19 also makes this 
identification when it speaks of the earth is moved exceedingly. The Hebrew word is 4131, and it's used twice in, in that one statement. The word moved is 4131, exceedingly is 4131. It's the same Hebrew word. And and so uh, the translators are attempting to uh, let us know of God's strong emphasis upon this movement that the earth is making. It's moved exceedingly. Well, this is the same word, 4131, that's used or found in Psalm 46. Beginning in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength of every present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed. And, and that's the word. The same word, moved exceedingly. And though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. And, now isn't that interesting? Because that's exactly what happened to the mountains, to all the high hills in the days of Noah. The, the sea overwhelmed them. Fifteen cubits upward was the water above the highest mountain. Verse 3, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her and that right early. You see, here we have the mountains, the earth is removed, and the mountains are carried, and uh, I forgot to mention the word carried is the same word moved, 4131. So the earth and the mountains are moved into the sea, but God is in the midst of her. Who is her? That is, the body of believers, the bride of Christ. He's in the midst of his people because the full body of Christ has come together and he has entered in. Just like the temple was completed, then the Spirit of God moved into the temple once it was finished. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. You see, the elect are in the judgment. The waters that have carried the earth into the sea and the mountains into the sea have not moved her, the body of Christ, the, the, the whole company of the elect, because God is in her. And they are in the ark, is what the picture is. Uh, it's the same idea as we read in Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, and in verse 27, and this word, yet once more signifying the removing, or the moving, of those things that are shaken as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. God is, he's likening the people of the world, the unsaved, to dwelling in a kingdom or earth that is moved, while at the same time, the elect are not moved. As it said in Psalm 46, because God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. 
we will not be moved into the sea. We will not be overcome by the depths and drown in the great deep. But we will endure and, and continue on until the end of the judgment, until the judgment is complete. It, it is similar, really, to the house built upon a rock and the house built upon the sand. The storm comes against both houses, and the storm destroys the house upon the sand, but the house built upon the rock endures. And you see, you can't know the foundation you're upon until you experience the storm. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.